everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. How are we a week into September already? How are you feeling? This is typically a more melancholy month for me personally, I guess I would say. It's the sign of footy season ending and just knowing that I'll need to keep myself occupied in the off-season with footy documentaries and re-watching games from the season, the season before, some of my favorites. And September 11 is approaching too, and this year will be the 20th anniversary of the event. Meanwhile, it feels like there's just all kinds of weather emergencies and more pressing health urgencies that's happening all around us. But this weekend was a good distraction or a distraction, at least for all of that. It was a four-day holiday weekend for us in America and really the semifinals. I'm happy they started at 5.20 and 5.50 in the morning. (laughs) Those are genuinely better times for me to try and just go to bed early. It never happens. But just to wake earlier is much better than those overnight games that have kind of been putting me off like the day following. One of the heart-stopping games specifically, I know you know which one I'm referring to, really felt like it just made time elsewhere just stop. And even though there were only two games this last weekend, there was a whole lot of drama and news coming from the footy front, which we'll get to shortly. (laughs) And also, Andrew and I kind of celebrated, I guess, our anniversary of leaving NYC to work remotely a year ago. If you'll remember, we headed to Colorado first, and at this time last year, we were in Utah. So it brought up a lot of great memories And we've kind of been reminiscing quite a bit of, you know, our favorite memories or favorite places and moments that kind of took our breath away or were just incredibly surprising that we weren't prepared for and really just reflecting on what we learned, I guess, and the things that we can laugh about now. So I'm actually kind of thinking of when we were driving from Colorado to Utah, There was like a long day of driving ahead of us and we were incredibly excited at the start of the adventure. It was really fresh for us and we were in like this real summer road trip mood, driving in wide open space and feeling like masters of our own destiny (laughs) whenever we're behind the car and just like blasting music. And we were really enjoying the greenery and the amazing surroundings. There were these really majestic mountains and Elements of nature that Andrew had never seen before, and we were passing all these small towns that had the most picturesque scenery, where every spot and little area just was like a postcard, and each one was more beautiful than the next. Um, Can you tell I'm (laughs) maybe missing it a little bit now? And then all of a sudden, in this beautifully, wonderfully picturesque everything, the gaslight came on which we always check, but we were so preoccupied and absorbed with our environment that we didn't realize we were basically on empty and in a really rural area. And there was nowhere, we were nowhere near a gas station. I think we were probably an hour away from the next gas station at that point, which we didn't even know. And the last one we had passed was definitely an hour plus back. So it was a bit of a heart attack moment. And I'm a true crime fan, you guys know, so I'm just picturing all of the scary scenarios that we're about to be in, where I'm kind of internally struggling because I personally, as a girl, I like to have at least a quarter to half a tank at all times if I'm driving, but I mean, I wasn't, so, you know, it's starting to get real, and 
I'm just coming to terms with the fact that Andrew's probably going to have to leave me with a car to try to go and find help. And I just kind of have to wait it out and hope that he comes back (laughs) knowing he's probably going to have a pretty big hike ahead of him that he's got to do solo in the middle of nowhere. And someone told me once when I ran out of gas, the only other time in my life, that if you do drive really slowly and you don't hit the gas or the brake pedals, that you can make it pretty far and further than I think the conventional wisdom, obviously, this is just what I think, but personal opinion, I think when that indicator light comes on, you've got maybe 20 miles at most, or at least that's what I've heard. Somebody that actually knows cars, please tell me what the case is. Um, And don't take any of this as, you know, advice or suggestions. But yeah, the light came on. So we ended up just driving very, very slowly, I think like 20 miles per hour. And we just kind of had to say our little prayers or whatever, just kind of make our like bartering um, please. And somehow we found that there was a gas station that we would be approaching. And we were just thinking if we can just get close enough, at least it wouldn't be that scary of a walk. And maybe we could walk together. And finally, we get close to the exit and like the engine just starts sputtering but you know we're only a few feet away from the station itself so I figured it's if it's within walking distance again we're gonna be fine I just didn't want the car to die in the intersection because we're pulling off you know the freeway but we actually made it somehow and the engine actually died as we were pulling up so we weren't like exactly in place but you know, it was one of those heart attack moments where you just can't believe that you made it through. And it was a really great reminder for both of us at the beginning of our trip at the time to just always check the tank. (laughs) So I don't know if that's ever happened to you. If you guys want to share your stories, hopefully no one's ever actually had to go and pick up gas and come back to their vehicle because that's always really scary. You never know like what you're going to come back to or where you're kind of heading off. And I'm just glad it wasn't in the middle of the night because I think that would have given me just a totally different emotional headspace. And it probably wouldn't have been great for him having to deal with that and probably (laughs) having to calm me down as well. But speaking of surprises, the rumor that Lockie Neal just potentially wants to return to Western Australia to be closer to his family right after the semifinal ended and their season ended So he and his wife, Julia, are about to have their first child in October, but the rumor surfaced again right after their season was over, and apparently the team was blinded by, blindsided by the news. So it's the second time, I think, in the WA media that they've made an announcement before, or on behalf of Lockie Neal, before his own club has known about it. So, you know, take what you want from that. I mean, you couldn't ask for a trade before now, but Lockie Neal is contracted for another two years. So there's talk about, you know, he wants to go back to Fremantle, which would be huge. So that will be like an interesting developing story. There isn't any kind of further confirmation at this point, but I feel like they'll be ironing that out in the next few weeks. And we'll just have to see what happens. I kind of get the feeling that if Frio doesn't make any kind of an acceptable offer to Brisbane, they can just kind of hold and he'll kind of have to see out his contract. It reminds me of something that may or may not have happened to my team recently when Danaher wanted to leave and we kind of just held on to him for an extra year. So I think it would be kind of great news for Frio given that Adam Chera will be leaving, but we'll just have to see what happens. 
But let's get to it and just dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now in the U.S. and Australia. I think we kind of had a double-sided weekend. You know, on one hand, Andrew and I, I've talked about Hot Wings before and Hot Ones, the show, um, and I'm building this collection of hot sauces for Andrew, so please drop me a line with your favorite hot sauce too or what you have to have in the kitchen when you're cooking, but I actually had a friend that would always rock like a hot sauce in his back pocket and he would walk around (laughs) and he would take that everywhere he went, so I'm just kind of thinking of Shep at this moment, but if there's anything you need to back pocket too, please tell me, but we got another round of sauces so we just added like three more so now we've got like one through five in the lineup and we just picked like another random one it's honestly really something fun to do if you just want to try a bunch of hot sauces I mean there's so many out there it's kind of something fun to do like in lockdown or in quarantine too if you honestly if you just need something to do um it it was really fun to just kind of continue that little train um you know of hot sauces and an evening if you want to keep it spicy. But we also went to see Shang-Chi and that came out this weekend. Um, I think the official title is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest Marvel install. Representation chat aside, I just really loved the film overall. The choreography was beautiful, the pacing, and the way the film kind of honored tradition and family and really celebrates the culture in a beautiful way, I think it always cracks me up when I think of how I was raised and, well, we all are, to, you know, not say bad things about our parents and to respect them, but it's our parents who raise us that way. So it was a really interesting just film to see how they kind of towed the line between maybe some things that you would expect. There's a lot of times that I will say when I see a film trailer that, oh, I feel like I've seen the entire film now, so I don't think I actually have to go and see it. And in this case, there were so many surprises and things that there were so many elements and arcs in the story that I had no idea were there. I I honestly think you would enjoy it if you also kind of need something to take your mind off things. And I hope that they'll stream that soon, too, um, like they were doing with Black Widow. But yeah, this was definitely, like I said, a twofold week because on the other hand, I feel like our nation over here was imploding with all these natural disasters. Hurricane Ida hit the East Coast on Wednesday night and it was pretty devastating. The windfall prompted all this flash flooding and rain and winds. And I mean, it even affected the U.S. Open. I knew some people that were working and volunteering If you've seen any of the videos, too, it's pretty harrowing and crazy. And that all happening while like Lake Tahoe and other places are burning in the West. So I just feel like lately we're expecting pinging alerts at all times. The one that we got last week was actually pretty scary. It said this is a dangerous and life-threatening situation. Do not attempt to travel unless you are fleeing an area subject to flooding or under evacuation. So it just kind of really gives you this whole feel of, I guess, and just keeping my internal monologue in check. You know, I'm trying not to be catastrophizing in my outlook because lately it does seem like there's always something. As for what's going on in Australia, the Melbourne Star shut down permanently. I have to admit I didn't ride it when I was there, 
but it's kind of like this Ferris wheel that is in you know, the city and I kind of wasn't sure about the view and we also didn't have time, but I'm kind of sad it's not there because I always want there to be more and more tourist attractions, especially in that city for anybody who does travel out there. But I guess with the pandemic, they just weren't able to keep business going. And as for WA, we've determined a grand final time in Perth. It will be at 5.15 p.m. So we'll get that beautiful kind of twilight aspect, hopefully during and that means it'll be 5 15 here in the morning which will be the first time that we don't have a game that starts after midnight and ends at four in the morning so I'm actually kind of happy about that um that'll be really exciting for us but now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL highlights from the semifinals in the Geelong versus Giants game it wasn't the most entertaining game at first, I'm sorry to say, uh, but it did get better. <laughs> so d before you, you know, stop listening, I just felt like a little bit like that entire front row of seats. They were just empty due to COVID. And I felt like a little bit of that energy when I was watching. But I will say my fave moments were Rada Galea's kind of spin pack mark in the first quarter. That was a really amazing moment and highly contested if you haven't seen it. And in the third quarter, this kick that was really interesting. So I think it was Max Holmes. He was kind of headed straight for the goal. And Jake Stein like lunged at him. And he was being chased by Lockie Whitfield. And there was a certain goal. And he kind of just shanked it under him. So it didn't even go through a bit for a behind. It just kind of went under him in a way. And it was one of those wow moments where, I mean, it's we're never going to forget that that happened. <laughs> And yeah, Geelong won that game fairly comfortably. I just feel like the Giants were reacting to the plays more than anything. And they weren't really, rather than creating anything, you know, they really missed Toby Green, who can kind of just find some space and find some magic and deliver. Geelong was just better in their forward line, you know, with their kicks at the beginning, they hit their targets and GWS kind of didn't make the most of their opportunities. So that was just kind of how I felt about the game, but the Cats are headed to their fifth prelim final in six years, which is pretty crazy. I think that's a great result for Joel Selwood in his record-breaking 333rd game. Can't help but feel like that's a lucky number. That's the most games that anyone has played for Geelong. I think Corey Enright, he just beat out at 332. And it is always kind of staggering considering I mean I love Selwood but he wore splints on his legs when he was two I don't know if you guys knew this I think it was only for 18 months so it wasn't too bad I think he may have had like a walking disability at that point but he just needed splints to kind of get range on the back of his Achilles and his calves so and now he is you know setting goals and he's like this record-breaking captain but yeah, Geelong is just one win away from back-to-back -back grand finals. So that's kind of crazy to think about. But the other game, which I'm sure you all know if you watched it with me, Brisbane versus the Western Bulldogs. This was the most nail-biting game, like high-pressure, high-speed, high-intensity contest that I've seen in a while. I don't think I was breathing for half of it. And at one point, I just had to remind myself that my team's not even playing. Like, it's okay. We can, you know, be calm about this. And Cody Waitman 
unfortunately, right after some amazing play, got concussed, and both of the medical subs got activated. So this is just definitely one of those games, guys, that I'm going to rewatch, and I'm going to show to anyone I'm trying to convince to check out the sport. The last two minutes of the game, if you haven't seen it, I just constantly keep replaying it in my mind. Really, the last five minutes where it was tied on so many, like so many times the game came to a tie. But I thought for sure when it got to the end that I was going to see my very first extra time game, which they only do in the final series. Obviously, though, if they have a drawn game, you just get your points and move on and you split them. But I thought for sure at the end, I'm absolutely we're going to go into OT. Here we go. And I think it was in the last like 70 or 75 seconds, I kept thinking someone just needs to get a point, like you just need to get behind to get through. And in that last space of that last minute, it happened. So, you know, Bond actually had to come off at one point. I think he hurt his knee and that was a really scary moment for the team. But it seems like he might actually be eligible to play in the coming weekend, but sadly, Flea will not. So I'm going to be watching this weekend. I mean, we're just one step closer, like I said, but huge plot twists, I think, this weekend because that game could have gone anyway. But what did you guys think? I mean... I really want to know what you thought of both games, how you feel if your team's still in it, and just what your thoughts were. I mean, I wish I was listening to a live stream or was just hanging out with my friends or something on some kind of Zoom during that game because you just never know what you're going to get with the AFL. But also, if you have any ideas you kind of want to throw my way for podcast, TV shows, or film recommendations, I'm always down for that. But you can leave me a voicemail on the Anchor app or at... The- AFL Obsessed on Anchor on the website. And my email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail too, if you want to share. Okay, it's intermission. <laughs> so quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. I do have to admit, it's this time of year where I start watching college football again to distract myself from having no footy. And then it kind of becomes the NFL season. And then basketball starts and March Madness kind of takes me back, I think, to the AFL season to complete that loop for me. And I guess college football really just kind of rolls into college basketball. But I've been watching just both college and just what's happening with, you know, the NFL. So the NFL at this point is 93% vaccinated. So that's kind of exciting. And the Atlanta Falcons became the first NFL team to be 100% vaccinated against covid So the players now can just forego those daily tests. They don't have to wear masks. They don't have to quarantine if they have any close contact with anyone who is, you know, test positive. And that's really exciting. And I'm also excited to say that 100% of the Sydney Swans team and their footy staff have received their first COVID vaccinations too. So I know New South Wales has more of the vaccines to begin with just because of their numbers. But I'm just hoping that that spreads all the way through the other states too. I will say with college games, there was one surprising incident with Indiana over the weekend where their jersey was just spelled wrong. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they all come running out. And I think that I just saw the front and it said Indinia. And it was kind of funny because obviously someone dropped the ball there. I don't know. 
Uh, what made them think it's okay to just rock them? Or maybe they didn't have a backup of any kind. Or maybe someone didn't notice it. But that was really interesting. So I'm like, this is going to live on in memes forever. And you know I got to rep Michigan State because I obviously watched the game. I was really excited about it. But I was pretty surprised, you know, with the quarterback situation. The last quarterback kind of left. The other one graduated. And I think we kind of need a few more plays to determine what's going to happen. But, you know, they're kind of testing their legs or going conservative, but they did make a huge statement. And, yeah, it's great to see a quarterback not, you know, be afraid of big plays. But, yeah, I'm just excited to see, like, what will happen since we're at the start of that season. But now we're on to Act 2 where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues And there's been a lot of news coming from the Collingwood camp. So Craig McRae was announced as the coach on Wednesday, which we knew was coming. But that was right after Collingwood announced that Robert Harvey and the team would be parting ways. I always love the language of that. You know, did he choose to leave? But that was just before the announcement of the installment of the new coach. And then right after that announcement, there was the announcement that Mark Corda was stepping down at the end of 2022 as president. So there's been a lot of drama, as you guys know, previously with the EGM and kind of overall discontent, I would say, with the board and its members. So they're getting closer to kind of rounding out their year after just their careful selection. I think they really took their time to, I you know, figure out who was really going to coach the team going forward. As for Carlton... So Ross Lyon withdrew from consideration for the Carlton coaching job, which I think was surprising. So they're still kind of in this waiting space and trying to figure out what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure they're scrambling at this point. I think if you were to sack your coach, you'd want to have a new coach in by the trade period or at least before then to really plan out, you know, and have input or have their input on their list for the future. I guess if you don't by then, the next deadline honestly would be by the draft. So we'll have to see what will happen there. The Clark Camp actually had to come out again and say that he is not interested <laughs> in assuming the role. And I'm excited because it sounds like Clarko actually plans to come here to the U.S. and do some studying at one of our institutions here, which is kind of something that Damian Hardwick did. He did like a summer program, like an intensive at one point. And I think that it really changed his coaching perspective and his style. So I really think that that'll be really exciting for Clarko. And I have to say that a lot of coaches right now have either played, I think over half now who have played under him or coached with him are now coaches. So that's really interesting kind of seeing what he's done over his time as like a head coach. I'll be really interested to see what happens. I think we're all just kind of waiting to see what news will come. I think they're also now considering anybody else who may be able to coach. And I think there's a lot of potential candidates out there. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I know they probably won't make a an announcement right around the grand final, but maybe right after that we'll know. So you know, I don't want to be like, watch this space, but I certainly am. 
And the swans are reportedly under an enormous amount of cell cap pressure and may struggle to kind of keep some key players when they head into the next season. So I can't help but think that we've seen this movie before. We all know what happened to Collingwood last season and kind of their strategy or at least Buck's strategy for kind of talking to his players and maybe seeing about trades and kind of heading to the trade table. So there might be some action when it comes to trades. And again, that's just reportedly, I think it's allegedly, there hasn't been definitive news, but I think that it's been reported widely. I think Luke Parker, Dylan Stevens, Jordan Dawson, George Hewitt, and Sam Reed are just kind of a few of the players that are trying to be re-signed. So I'll be really interested to see what happens with that team too. We've got a long off season and I know that, you know, the draft and the trades are approaching. I'm just really interested to see like who's going to kind of walk away a winner and who's going to just bounce because I know a lot of players have been delisted and, kind of handed their papers. So we'll see what happens to all of our players in the next couple of months. But now we're at the after show where I just have to thank you guys again for sharing a part of your day with me and keeping me company. So hopefully I'm doing that for a part of your day. And if you want to keep a little more pep in my step, you can always buy me a coffee. I've got it in the show notes. But I'd really love to just honestly hear from you guys if you want to leave me a voice note or anything and just kind of tell me what you're up to this weekend and what your off season's going to look like. But that's it for me, guys. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.